0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There was a king's officer whose son was ill in Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was coming to Galilee, he asked him to heal, to heal his son. Dear faithful, dear brethren, this Sunday the Holy Church offers for our meditation this beautiful parable of the king's officer. He comes to beg our Lord to come and heal what is dearest to him in the world, his Son. This episode takes place as Jesus returns to Galilee for the second time, after the first miracle he performed there, the miracle at the wedding feast in Cana. In fact, the verse that directly precedes today's Gospel is the following. When Jesus had come to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem during the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. So he returned to Cana in Galilee, where he had turned water into wine. And there was an officer of the kings, whose son was ill in Capernaum. Our Lord had first come to Cana in Galilee where he had been invited to attend a wedding feast. He now returns to that town to draw it more closely to himself, to strengthen by his presence the faith that his first miracle had begun to form in the hearts of its inhabitants. The evangelist reminds us of the miracle he performed at Cana in Galilee. Turning water into wine, to add to the glory of Jesus Christ, because it was not only because of the miracle they had witnessed in Jerusalem, but also because of the wonders that they were performed among them, that they welcomed our Lord in this way. At the same time, he wants us to know that this officer had believed in Jesus Christ since the miracle of Cana even though he did not fully know his dignity. And there was in Carthornome an officer of the King whose son was sick. Here are the the words that Pope St. Gregory the Great gives us in his commentary on this passage. The reading of the Holy Gospel that you have just heard needs no explanation, but so As not to seem to pass over it in silence, let us say a word of exhortation rather than explanation. I don't see anything we need to explain except this. Why was the man who had come to ask for salvation for his son told? Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Clearly the man who was seeking to save his son son, believed. Otherwise, would he have sought salvation from from someone he did not believe to be his Savior? Why then is it said, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe, to the one who believed before seeing miracles? Remember, your faithful, remember what he asked. Then you will see more clearly that he doubted his faith. For he asked, him to come down and heal his son. So he was looking for the bodily presence of, all, of, the, of the Lord, who through his Spirit was present everywhere. This is why he did not believe enough in him, whom he did not consider capable of bringing, bringing salvation if he was not physically present. If he had believed perfectly, he would have taken it for granted. That there is no place where God is not. There is no place where God is not. He therefore greatly lacked confidence because he did not honor the majesty but the bodily presence. So he asked for the salvation of his son and yet he doubted in his faith. He believed the one to whom he had come, powerful to heal, yet he considered him distant from his dying son. But the Lord who is asked to come shows that he is not absent from the place where he is invited. By his one comment, he brought salvation, he who by his will created everything. Indeed, dear faithful, this officer's quite human behavior required a slight correction on the part of our Lord in order to obtain conversion and perfect faith. And very often our faith also meets the same difficulty, especially when we ask God for something that is particularly important for us, even if it is for the good of souls. For example, we ask for the conversion of certain members of our family or close friends, but we don't understand why, despite our prayers, we don't see any effects. God simply wants to purify our faith. We have to accept that we cannot see the fruit of our request with our own eyes. Perhaps the person in question will convert when we are no longer there, or perhaps he or she converted just before dying with his or her last breath. All God asks is absolute trust in his omnipotence, total faith in his divinity. And this is what Domarmium, a holy Irish Benedictine monk who spent his monastic life in Belgium, had to say. Faith in the divinity of Christ Jesus constitutes the first step towards the divine life to which we are called. Often we hear him say, your faith has saved you your faith has healed you. Where Jesus does not meet with faith, he deliberately limits the effects of his power. The Gospel expressly says that at Nazareth, he did not perform many miracles because of their unbelief. If I may express it, Christ's action appears to be paralyzed by a lack lack of faith. So, dear faithful, this morning let us proclaim our faith before our God. Let let us not be afraid not to see. Let us trust in God's infinite goodness. Let us be confident in our prayers. Let us offer as a sacrifice the the fact that we do not see God's answer to our prayers. And then one day God will reward us on earth or in heaven. Yes, because let us remember that we are only passing through this earth. Our goal, our true life, is in in heaven, a life to which we all aspire, as we will recite in the Creed in a few moments. I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in life everlasting. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.